Blog Talk Radio. Thank you all for continuing to support our show. It means a lot. I uh, just want to let you guys know. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Head on over there right now. we got a show chat going on on the Facebook page every week. We have a Monday Night Raw chat going on uh, during uh, Monday Night Raw. So head on over to Facebook and, and be a part of the discussion. Again, that's facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You can check us out on Twitter. Our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. That is on the Twitter. And you can also check out our website, uh, thekenreedyshow.com. we got lots of cool stuff over there on the website. Um, we got uh, blogs. we got pictures. we got fan pictures. Um, a lot of interesting stuff. Hopefully some new stuff coming down the pike shortly. So be sure to stay up on it. Check out thekenreedyshow.com as well. We are part of... Uh, a, a new and exciting project. Uh, if you've listened, you've heard 1640 PWPR. You, got 1640 PWPR. you can head on over to iTunes and you can subscribe for free. It is for free that uh, you can subscribe. Again, I cannot stress enough. It is for free. And, and what this is, is it's, it's a network, man. It's, it's a network you know, of, of a lot of different uh, wrestling podcasts. So you subscribe and then you, you're... Uh, you have access to a bunch of different shows, so you get like all sides, all sides of the wrestling business, all different opinions, different interviews. So, uh, you know, you want to check us out over there again. That's 1640 PWPR, uh, King Firehawk Show, Top Rope, New Surge, um, all sorts of great shows over there. And our newest show over on 1640, The Cool Down with AC and the host of that show. Anthony Coppola is going to be joining us a little bit later on to talk about his new venture, the new show, and what we can expect out of the cool down. So you're going to want to check that out a little later on. Uh, we're going to be interviewing Anthony so you guys can get the 411 on what to expect out of the cool down. Then you head on over, check it out, give it a, a listen. Lots of things to talk about tonight, and I uh, would not be able to get through it without my co-host, and let's Bring my tag team partner on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? You know, I look 
forward to tonight's conversation about professional wrestling. As you all know, as all you loyal Ken Reedy Show listeners out there know, I'm very passionate about my pro wrestling, as is the host of the show, Ken, as well. However, I will not get arrested over an argument regarding <laughs> professional wrestling or destroy my furniture regarding professional wrestling. Now, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you head on over to the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page right now where you can read an article about an individual recently who had gotten arrested for a heated debate about professional wrestling. Other than that, I'm doing great on this fine, balmy summer evening. I mean, it's it's funny, man, because at times, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, and uh, you can't make it up. Yeah, man arrested, uh, heated. Heated discussion about WWE wrestling. Yeah, you can check out Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We posted that article. Head on over there and check that out. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, we have to, um, you know, it's tough, man. And and we, we start off the show, uh, you know, on, on a very, uh, very somber note. Um, you know, it's funny. We do the show, and, you know, for me and, and, and Dave, you know, we, we talk – we have a lot of bravado. I mean, I open the show with, with uh, uh, the best in pro wrestling talk. And to be perfectly honest with you, you know, that's one of those things where, like, hell, it's wrestling, man. If you, if you weren't a you know, wrestling fan, it's all about bravado and, and, and putting yourself over. And, and you know, I, but, you know, that's part of our tagline. But, uh, you know, ultimately Dave and I are, are fans, and this is a, a labor of love. And, uh uh, we're we're pretty humble, uh, you know, when it comes to doing this show. And to be honest with you, you know, even one person listening to the show means so much to us uh, because to me it's like why the hell would anyone want to sit and listen to me ramble on and on? And, and just the fact that we have fans uh, just means uh, the world to us. Uh, you know, how you guys out there continue to support us. And, um, and that being said, that's why, you know, this is like last year, a couple of years ago, where we, uh, you know, we coined the term the TKRS family um, because we just felt like it was just this extended family at times, uh, possibly a dysfunctional family, um, but we were family uh, nonetheless. And you know, unfortunately, we lost a family member. Uh, we lost uh, BJ Black. Uh, passed away way, way, way too young um not someone who called the show but she was a fixture uh week in and week out on the the raw thread uh always valued her opinions uh you know talking week in and week out on the thread interacting with with her and the other guys on the raw thread um she always had great insight into what was going on um you know she at one point she was critical of something and she messaged me uh, to make sure, like I wasn't that she wasn't too offensive. I was like, you know, I was like, absolutely not. You're fine. But she, uh, you know, just wanted to make sure everything was cool, you know. And she, she was really just, she, uh, just seemed like. I mean, it's weird because I didn't know her personally, but uh, seemed like a really sweet girl. Um, again, offered a lot on the thread, and you know, I remember when she first joined the thread, and she was kind of iffy about it. And her friend Steve, who was also on the thread. Uh, said uh, don't worry about th- this show these it's not as smarky as other wrestling pages and and that to me that was like such a great compliment to uh, say we weren't as smarky and and for bj she's like all right good and uh that 
you know, at that moment, she just she became a permanent fixture uh, week in and week out on Monday Night Raw. And, and we, we here at the show are deeply, deeply saddened uh, to hear of her passing. Um, you know, from all of us here, uh, rest in peace. Uh, to family and friends of BJ, our, our deepest heartfelt condolences uh, from this show and everyone who interacted with her. Um, you know, she'll be missed on the thread, and I sh- I'm sure for people who are close to her, uh, she'll be missed on a, on a profoundly higher level. So uh, rest in peace, BJ. We're going to miss you uh, sorely. And, it, Dave, it's just, it's, um, I, you know, it, it's one of those things like, you know, you I'm, I'm stammering on my words because it's like you know you don't you don't think of these things. You don't think of like losing someone like you know that's a a, a family member, if you will. And um, it's sad. So again, uh, from all of us, you know, condolences. Yeah, that's uh, it's very tough. I didn't know her personally. Um, I didn't know that she listened to the show. I wasn't. A, I'm not a regular fixture on the uh, raw chat thread on Henry so page, but. Um, Know, sad that at a very young age someone untimely passed. So my don't as well. Yeah, so um, as you know, have sad news. It's, it's difficult to uh, into talking wrestling. And um, for those of you who are sad, I mean, we're all sad here. I mean, maybe this will be a, a nice diversion uh, to, to talk about something else to get your mind off things and just. To talk about the fun, wacky, professional ring, and we're going to turn into it now. Uh, one thing I do have to uh, put out there as, as we talk about the TKRS family: uh, congratulations to our producer, uh, the all now the all star Michelle D. Uh, this past Saturday, won her first ever singles match. Um, she had not; she'd been a, a part of a number of tag team matches. Actually, had her first singles match uh, this past Saturday for the IWF and uh, won via disqualification because there's there's some nastiness going on there. Um, you know, the, the, her opponent tried to cheat to win, but uh, the ref caught caught him. So uh, Michelle D, the all-star Michelle D, victorious in her first uh, singles bout uh, in the IWF. So, uh I think she's going to continue. I mean, maybe she's thinking about retiring undefeated, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, but congratulations to our producer for being victorious. And uh, as we move on and we talk about people trying to get into the business and, and learning the ropes and, uh, you know, making their way, and, and it has become like a tradition over the past few weeks on this show, just bashing Tough Enough, and uh, I thought it was important just to bring up Tough Enough, and I don't want to talk about it that long, because the show the show is just bad, um, but I did think it was interesting, and, and I, I really am just, the, the uh, distasteful nature of, of reality TV sometimes, where, you know, you you, you edit, and you, and you skew things, and, you, and you, you cut it up in a certain way to kind of fit your agenda and tell the story you want to tell, as opposed to the story that's actually true. And I was really taken back uh, how Tough Enough treated Diana on her way out, you know, whether you liked her or not. Um, and if you didn't hear the real story behind her exodus, um, she had a very good friend who was a, a former Navy SEAL. And, uh, you know, with and the way the WWE is, with I mean, they're incredible with their military. Um 
this Diana's friend who helped her open her bar was doing security for her. Uh, a a bar brawl broke out, and uh, he's paralyzed. He's experiencing uh, some paralysis right now as he tries to recover from this fight, and that's why she left. And and I was kind of taken back why, um, you know that, that they they kind of the way they did the the uh, exodus that it was kind of. Um, I don't know, it's just to kind of show like someone else who like, couldn't hack it and just quit, and that really wasn't the case. She had other things to do, and, and uh, that was kind of disappointing. And it seems, Dave, at this point in time, um, it, whether it's us because we've talked about it a few times, but it seems like we're not the only ones that are disappointed with Tough Enough. Well, before I get into the other people who are, not, who are disappointed in Tough Enough, I just want to make one comment regarding that. It just seems that with, with WWE's film crew, they are trying to portray a character in some way on this reality show. They're trying to tell a story, and that's the story that they wanted to tell with Diana. Now, this Tough Enough is a lot different than the Tough Enoughs of recent, you know, recent past, excuse me, recent years. Um, most Tough Enoughs, they're filmed, you know, five, six months in advance. You have a lot of time to edit, then you put the shows out there. Um, this, this year really like live you know to take or tape to live where whatever is going on last week they're going to show that this week on television and give you the results they're trying to be as up to date as they possibly can and in regards to the diana story i i, I do I, I lean more in favor that wwe was unfortunately was trying to portray her in a negative light to tell a good story for their television show at the same time, because of the circumstances of their taping schedule, it is very possible that they may not have intended to portray her in that light and that this story that came out about her friend being paralyzed, they may not have found that out till after the fact. The interview that came out with her where she had described what took place and her reason behind it, that interview was published either the day of or no, the day after Tough Enough, which was, which was last Wednesday. So... They may not have known that until when the interview was published. I, I mean, I'm not defending them, but I'm just bringing it up as a possibility. But I lean more towards the, the notion that they really just tried to portray her in a negative light and try to tell a better story to the audience. In regards to who else is not in favor of this year's Tough Enough, well, it's not just you and I. It's the USA Network. USA Network is apparently unhappy with the format. They feel that by taping well in advance it gives the judges more time to make their decisions on eliminations based on the footage that they see because from what it sounds like it looks like that these judges are only seeing what the live audience and what the television audience is seeing uh, that's being portrayed on television so they they really don't know you know all the ins and outs about what's going on in tough enough for instance a few weeks ago, when the, in that swimming challenge with the alligators and the, and the NXT belt, um, one of the, Hogan, I think, asked one of the guys, why didn't you swim back? What happened? And he said, well, you didn't see it because it wasn't shown on TV, but Booker T told me to stay back on the boat. They kind of put these kids in bad positions to, to, to try and tell a better story for the television audience. I think that's what they're, what they're trying to do. I, I truly believe this year's Tough Enough is a completely 100% scripted reality show. And USA also doesn't like the fact that it's become 
it's more of a game show, they feel, especially with Jericho. They like Jericho. There's no heat on Jericho whatsoever. Let me rephrase, let me, re, you know, say that over again. There's no heat on Chris Jericho. However, USA feels like he's treated, he's treating the show more like a game show as opposed to a competition. They just feel it's like it's, this isn't his gig. This isn't for him. They felt Austin had a better dynamic, better charisma that fit with the mold of the of the original Tough Enough concept. The, the numbers aren't the greatest. They're not what they used to be for this. My personal opinion, I'll go on record as saying I personally think that they should expand Tough Enough to two nights. If they want to do this live studio format, they should do this like they do Dancing with the Stars. One night you show all the footage of the competition and the training and everything else. One whole hour dedicated to that. You can even splice in a little bit of the drama. And then the second night, which could be the following night, you could even air the second night on the network to hopefully gain more subscriptions to the network. And the second night could be in the studio where the judges talk, where Jericho talks. You get the contestant to talk. Because I think personally that would that would – that would help the show better. It's just to me, and USA Network agrees, it's not what it used to be, and it's just not translating well on television. Totally agree. And again, I don't want to be here like we're beating a dead horse, but uh, you know, I like I like your idea though. I think the two night format would actually work for it. And if you had to, you know, if the if the one night on USA was more like the traditional what we've seen before out of Tough Enough, and the second night on the network was when you found out who was eliminated. You're right. It would bring more eyeballs to the network. Um, God, they really, you know, they, they really need to hire us in Connecticut. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, man, because you said there was no heat uh, on Jericho. However, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. And, again, it, it's funny, man, because I feel like a lot of, the, you know, a good chunk of 2015 – has has been, you know, on this show, talking a lot about stuff that's going on behind the scenes and stuff that, uh, you know, is not necessarily, you know, on TV or even part of any storyline, uh, whether it's, it's contract negotiations or backstage heat or, or all sorts of, like, craziness going on behind the scenes. Um, interesting stuff this past week. All of a sudden... Uh, Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Rowdy Roddy Piper got some heat between each other. Um, two legends, two all-time greats. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff going. It's it's like the you know podcast wars, and uh, you know it's a, it's amazing how you know this whole podcasting thing really is is blowing up. You know, and check out sixteen forty PWPR on iTunes. And I digress. Um, but it, it's amazing how now it seems like, and especially, uh, you know, wrestlers, former wrestlers, former commentators, whatever, you know, it's, it's a good money-making venture uh, to come out of your the celebrity you may have garnered in the squared circle or and other walks of life as well and, and parlay that into the, the podcasting industry. Uh, but now, as we see, again, uh, back stranger than fiction, uh, lots of heat surrounding uh, Piper and Austin, uh, you know, those of you who don't know, Will Sasso, who's an actor, comic, he was on Mad TV years ago. Uh, they did a, um, you know, he did a show where he did a great impersonation of Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, you know, and, and basically played himself off like he was Stone Cold. Uh, stuff in that interview Stone Cold wasn't too pleased about, wanted that show, pulled off Podcast One. Piper didn't want the show, pulled off Podcast One. Uh, just a Just a big 
brouhaha, Dave. Try as the news guy, could you please, with everything that's going on, all those reports circulating, you've been following this. Can you make heads or tails out of this? What the hell is going on in this incredible podcast war between Austin and Piper? Unless something has changed at this very moment in time, I will try to dissect what has taken place between the the podcast drama of Steve Austin and Roddy Piper. Apparently a few months ago, or was it a few months ago? I'm trying to remember now because there's been so much going on. But anyhow, Piper had Will Sasso on as a guest on the podcast. And uh, Will Sasso, big wrestling fan, he's been on WWE TV before. He did an impersonation of Steve Austin, as a matter of fact. Um, he did some impersonations of some wrestlers, including Austin. They were kind of poking fun a little bit. And uh, they were talking about how Austin had quit on WWE, walked out at one point, uh, even talked about some creative differences he'd have after that initial walkout, why he's kind of been back and forth in WWE in recent years. And uh, they're just kind of, you know, making making light of the situation, but all in, you know, a, a heartwarming, funny manner, I guess, from what Piper describes it as. And so... Um, the next thing, the next thing I've heard was that Podcast One pulled the podcast that Piper had recorded with Bill Sasso at the request of Steve Austin, and reasons behind that. Well, Austin claimed on his most recent podcast that he didn't have a problem with what they were talking about, the actual content of the, you know, the, him walking out on WWE and his relationship with WWE, and 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 this, that, and the other. Austin had a, a, an issue with, I believe, Piper or Sasso, I don't remember which one, were, were referring to some uh, business dealings that Austin was or is currently involved in, and Austin didn't want that information leaked out onto the Internet. And I think one of those business deals that they were privy to was the video game cover that was revealed last week, WWE 2K16, with Stone Cold Steve Austin on the cover. If you remember, there's been some rumors a few months back that around WrestleMania time there was some heat between Austin and management. Allegedly, he was supposed to show up at WrestleMania and be a part of some big angle that was going to set something up for either next year or further down the line. He no-showed WrestleMania. Austin went on his podcast and said he was never supposed to be there. There's no heat between him and WWE. He's got big plans coming up. He's got a major announcement that's going to rock the, 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 his fan base and the wrestling world. And I think this video game cover was part of it. I think that he just wanted to keep it under wraps. And I think there's some other stuff, too, that Austin... I think he still has some other things he wants to announce, but he wants to keep that under wraps right now. I think the the, um, the podcast deal with WWE Network, where he, was, he scheduled to interview Sting and Undertaker and Hulk Hogan coming up, uh, I think that was also a part of it, too, that he wanted to keep under wraps. He said that was the only thing that he had asked Podcast One to do, was just remove that podcast. And I think what happened was when Piper found that out, he found he, he, he took offense to that, and Podcast One threatened to let him go, and he said, screw this, I'm gone anyhow, I'm not with you guys anymore, I quit. And then I think the bad-mouthing on Twitter with, with Piper, you know, talking about his issues with Austin on Twitter, I think that's what led to WWE letting him go. He seems to think Austin did that. I don't know the truth behind it. Austin's denying that he would pull a you know, request you know, WWE to pull his contract from him and let him go from it. So that, as far as I know, um, 
that's where they stand. I guess Piper addressed the situation on a, on a podcast today and said that, um, you know, he was moving on from the situation, but um, he explained his side of the story, and it's pretty much similar to what's been reported. Um, so, yeah, that's that as far as that goes. It's, it's stupid kid drama, but um, it is what it is. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I think it's I think it's just stupid on, on everyone's part, but I understand both sides uh, of their point of views, too. It, you know, it, it's funny, man, because it's like I can see both sides. I, I mean, I get it. You know, I get with Piper, you know, you put something out there. He's an old school guy, you know, he's he's not going to want to pull it down. Um, you know, uh, and I get it from Austin's standpoint. I mean, it, it's more of a business uh, issue. It's a, it's a monetary issue. It's an announcement kind of issue. I mean, I get that. So I, I see both sides of it. Um, it it's just crazy that, that it, it's it's gone this far. Uh, you know, I've listened to both podcasts and, and both of them honestly have, have positives and negatives. Uh, you know, we joked about Austin's, uh, you know, he went on, on a 15 minute dissertation, um, on his oatmeal, uh, on one of his podcasts. Uh, and yet, but he's had some, some stellar podcasts as, as well. And, uh, you know, I listen to, you know, Piper's podcast improves over time, but if you listen to some of the older ones, they're pretty rough around the edges. So, um, you know, I've liked them both. Uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, what what the uh, future holds. If uh, there's there's some forgiveness, uh, who knows? Maybe at some point this is this is all a work. And, and what do you think, Dave? Somewhere down the line on the WWE Network, we'll see Piper on Austin's podcast. That's very possible. Or we could see a Piper's Pit podcast with Austin as a guest. But I, th- I think I think one I think they will be interviewing each other and. There'll be some sort of discussion forum that will be public, whether it be on WWE Network or on one of each other's podcasts. When this whole thing blows over, I'm that that yeah, I can see that happening. It's crazy. It's a good thing, like in in our podcast world, though we we haven't had uh, actually we have had some stuff. <laughs> it's just just the dirt sheets don't report on the the sixteen forty drama. Oh, yeah. Please, let's not get into that. <laughs> but that's, you know, honestly, that's how we know we've made it. At 1640, once we have some uh, labor disputes and some drama and that sort of thing, then, like, now we're a real company. You know, it's all it's all BS until there's, like, some negativity, some disgruntled employees, some drama going on. Now you're a real company. Now you're a real entity. So 1640 has arrived. Anyway, it's just again, it's again you you can't make this stuff up. Amazing stuff. We'll see if any news comes out of this uh, this battle going forward. But uh, we're excited tonight. You know, I referenced sixteen forty, uh, new show on the network, uh, the Cool Down with AC. That's right, the Cool Down with AC. Um, Anthony's been a a friend of the show for quite some time, and. Uh, we're going to have him on after the break. So we're we're a little bit early, but what the hell? Let's just do it. we got like two minutes. Two minutes early, and then we'll get Anthony on and, and ask him about uh, the cool down. So we do this each and every, around this time, uh, each and every week. It is time right now for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Welcome to another edition of the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Only heard right here two minutes before the top of the 7 o'clock hour. On the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. 
Brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, the Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Your one-stop shop for some badass pro wrestling podcasts that only the 1640 Network can provide. Subscribe to 1640 PWPR for free on iTunes right now to find out what everybody is talking about. Now, on to the news. With the uncertainty of a second season from Lucha Underground and no formal announcement made as of now, TNA is still looking to make a play for Alberto El Patron and Rey Mysterio. Rumors have circulated that Patron is growing frustrated that Lucha Underground has not announced the future of their promotion, and the chance that he could land at TNA is highly likely if Lucha Underground continues to leave him in the dark. TNA is trying to sell him on the fact that his dates would be known way far in advance so that he would be able to book other appearances to work around his TNA schedule. The same deal goes for Mysterio as well, who at this moment is not signed with Lucha Underground, and the likelihood he goes back to working a regular schedule for a promotion stateside is not promising. But TNA is willing to make a serious play for both men to help build brand awareness back with both men's international appeal. In regards to Lucha Underground, the rumor is officials have informed talent to schedule dates for the rest of the summer, indicating the second season won't begin taping until the fall. But that is still unconfirmed. In our second story, the Wrestling Observer reports this week that country music star Toby Keith may be interested in funding Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling under one condition. That condition being, I honestly do not know, but speculation is that his condition could mean that Jarrett needs to secure a television deal in order to receive financial backing from the country music star. In late 2013, before Jarrett parted ways with TNA, it was widely speculated that Toby Keith, along with Jarrett, were in negotiations to buy TNA Wrestling from the Carter family. Allegedly, that rumored deal fell through. Pure speculation here on, on, on my part, folks, but with Jarrett loading up the, the July 24th television taping from Las Vegas with current TNA talent, you have to wonder if Jarrett is looking to impress television executives and hoping to land a deal, or could the July 24th TV taping be a pilot sent out to television networks in hopes of getting side. Time will indeed tell. Speaking of Global Force Wrestling, it was announced today by the promotion that on July 24th in Las Vegas, Nevada, Global Force Wrestling will be crowning new champions in four different divisions. First, the Global Force Wrestling Women's Championship, the Global Force Wrestling Tag Team Championship, the Global Force Wrestling Global Championships, which will be their heavyweight title, and a new title known as the Global Force Wrestling Young Talent Competing for the Title to Prove to Who's the Future of the Wrestling Business. Names involved in these respective tournaments that you might be familiar with. TNA's Bobby Roode, former TNA star Magnus, former TNA star Chris Sabin, PJ Black, otherwise known as Justin Gabriel from WWE, Chris the Adonis Mordetsky, a.k.a. the masterpiece Chris Masters from WWE, and Mickey James. You can check out the full card for the tournament crowning all these champions at GlobalForceWrestling.com. And, by the way, the name of this show, the name of this show, which was also revealed this week, at, 
in the July 24th television tapings from Las Vegas, Nevada, will be titled Amped. With the news of WWE producing a live NXT special on the WWE Network the night before SummerSlam from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, it seems as if Ring of Honor, who also has a baseball stadium show booked on the very same evening, may have to alter their plans. Firstly, looks as if stacking the card with even more talent than already advertised from New Japan Pro Wrestling is in order, along with the possibility of some surprise names to beef up the card. Ring of Honor officials expected WWE to run an NXT show in the area, but figured the Hammerstein Ballroom would be the venue they run. With WWE seeding the NXT show at Barclays for 5000 and starting the show roughly around the same time as Ring of Honor, a time change for ROH may also be an alternative in hopes their attendance doesn't dwindle. Rumors now are stating that Ring of Honor has sold almost 2,000 tickets for the Field of Honor event at MCU Park, home of minor league baseball team, the Brooklyn Cyclones. And our final story this week, according to PW Insider, WWE Hall of Famer Tatsumi Fujinami has signed a WWE Legends deal with the company. It's also being reported that WWE Hall of Famer J.J. Dillon has either signed a Legends deal with WWE or is expected to sign one very soon. Fujinami was part of a special ceremony recently when WWE toured Japan. J.J. Dillon, on the other hand, was a part of a roundtable discussion on WWE Network's Dusty Rhodes special last week after Monday Night Raw went off the air. 1640 PWPR Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now to hear our show and so many others, including our newest podcast, The Cool Down with AC, who I will be personally interviewing along with Ken after the news break. This has been another edition of the Dave 55050 News Report. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, same Dave 5 time, same Dave 5 network. Good stuff, good stuff. And, and around the same time. Around about time. But uh, good stuff as always, our news guy. Keeping you up to date and informed on all the things going on in pro wrestling. And like we've talked about, top of the show, during the news, and everything in between, uh, we're really excited about this 1640 venture uh, getting into this, uh, bringing quality, at least we like to think it's quality entertainment, uh, out to you guys, uh, talking pro wrestling, and our newest show is The Cool Down with AC, and uh, we're going to go out right now, because we got Anthony on the line, the host of The Cool Down, and uh, let's bring him on and talk about The Cool Down. Anthony, welcome aboard. Uh, you've been on the show before as a caller, but now you are your peer, you're a fellow host. You're on the 1640 network. How you doing this evening? Oh, I'm wonderful, and uh, you know, thank you guys for all the uh, the pop, so to speak. Uh, I feel like I'm over with the Ken Reedy show. It's pretty cool. But no, uh, no I, I truly appreciate it. Um, you know, it's a really cool thing for me. You know, the the whole network is, a, you know, I'll keep using the word cool because it's kind of my thing. But it's, you know, it's all, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, I've had a blast with it so far, and uh, I look forward to big things in the future. 
Well, let's like let's start off. I mean, you know, we, there's so many shows on the network. Why don't you give us a, an idea? You know, if I'm gonna pop on the cool down, uh, what can we expect? What's the format like? What are you gonna be talking about? Give us a lowdown on what the cool down's all about. You know, initially, I, um, my format is gonna be pretty simple. You know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk wrestling. Um, you know, and I really didn't get into it in my first show, which I should have. And, uh, you know, look back, self-reflection type of thing. Um, as anybody who listens to this show knows, I'm a pretty big indie fan, and I didn't get into that at all on the first show, which uh, we're going to rectify as we go on. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk our wrestling. We're going to talk our indies. We're going to talk our Ring of Honor. Um, I am now getting into New Japan, a lot of which because of their working relationship with Ring of Honor. Uh, so we'll get into that, as always, WWE. And I happen to be a pretty big fan of mixed martial arts and a huge fan of the UFC. And um, on most shows, we're going to touch on it. Uh, right now, it you know, you know we're going to do a lot of it because it's just a really big thing with the uh, event they had over the weekend and uh, leading into Ronda's fight coming up. So... It's been actually. I spent my whole weekend watching UFC. I didn't have much wrestling for a change. I'll be honest with you. I watched a ton of MMA, and uh, it was just an awesome weekend for that. So, people who want to talk some MMA and listen to some MMA talk, um, you know, I'll be the stop for those people as well. Sounds awesome, man. I'm curious. You know, like what? What are your? I mean, you're an MMA guy now. Um, you know, it's cool, like, having both these things uh, on your show. I mean, when you talk about the MMA universe and the wrestling universe, and a lot of times, um, you know, I, it's, it's almost like the media and, and the like like to portray them as, like, mutually exclusive fan bases, but uh, obviously it blurs over. Um, you know, where, where are you, I mean, are you, like, a 50-50 guy? Are you more of a wrestling fan than an MMA guy? Or, like, you know, where's your fandom lie? Uh, I'll be honest, in the last couple years, because of um, basically falling in love with the indie scene of wrestling, I would say it's 65-45, will that work out, 65-35, however that works out, um, pro wrestling. And I, I, I devote more time to pro wrestling, you know, I've become a big ROH fan, like I said, the indie scene is my absolute passion right now. But I, I honestly was a bigger um, MMA fan than a wrestling fan for a fair amount of time. So it's kind of cool to be able to get into both of them. And I kind of see maybe a trending upward from MMA. So maybe uh, maybe we'll get back to 50-50. But I, I, I would still say I'm more of a wrestling fan. Casey, let me ask you, you know, our, our, no secret, our friendship began because of wrestling, and like most wrestling fans, if not all wrestling fans, either one particular guy or one particular moment in, in your fandom that would, you know, that's the moment that drew you into wrestling, that was the moment where you were hooked and, and, and there was no turning back, um, what was that moment, or individual that that did that for you? Boy, that's a tough one. I would say, and not that I didn't watch wrestling before, because I totally did, 
and it's actually later than my favorite WrestleMania ever. But the thing that really got me hooked, like I was a wrestling fan, was uh, Warrior over Hogan at WrestleMania six. I you know right, you can get I'm off not... the air now. We don't we, no we don't no. You can get off the air now. You don't you don't <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I'm talking to the two biggest holding marks in the world, but... Yeah, yeah this interview's over. <laughs> but, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. was Warrior. I mean, I just... And I know it was a short run, and, you know, we got into this on the round table the other night with the Goldberg thing, and it's almost like there's parallels there with the Warrior. Maybe uh, Warrior's run was a little longer, but his run, it just it resonates with me. I'm, I'm a Warrior to this day. And I was never much of a Hulkamaniac for whatever reason. I really don't know why. But uh, that yeah, was probably then a moment moment that sucked me into wrestling was the the Warrior going over on Hogan. Right, now, one thing I want to ask you: I I listened to your first podcast. I will I will totally disregard that last question and the answer that I asked you because that doesn't, look, that, doesn't that doesn't count on this show. But I will ask you: um, you know, I, I listened to your first podcast. I enjoyed it. It was great. Um, Tell our listeners what the cool down power report is and what is the, what you know the rules behind it and what was your logic and thinking behind it uh basically and uh it was something that was, I kind of thought of last minute, so I really didn't I, I probably didn't give an accurate description of what it really is, and it's basically like I'm just gonna take. A, you know, I did a WWE Power Report, uh, or, or Power 5, as I'm kind of changing the name. Uh, and I'm going to do a UFC one for my next show. But basically what it is, it's just from my perspective on what I read, see, hear, feel from fans, and also, you know, in wrestling terms, uh, you know, in the way of booking, who I think is the most powerful. You know, every week I get a I get a little update on my phone of the MLB power report of in the baseball. I don't know how you have a more powerful team than another because, well, whatever the case may be, you 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 have reporters kind of give their view on who they think is the most powerful or you know top team or top athlete of that time, and it's more it's more of my opinion, but it's. I'm taking it from almost what I feel, uh, the media, the fans, you know, what I read on social media, um, how I feel guys are over, whether in a good way or a bad way, almost the most, um, you know, the, the most, uh, the biggest draws of that particular, uh, sport or entertainment. Okay, you know it's funny, and I know our show here is you know we're we're pro wrestling, but I kind of wanted to you know, pick your brain a little bit because you're going to be hitting MMA as well. Um, big fight this past weekend. Uh, tell I've heard like I didn't see the fight. I've heard great things about it because for me, like I I will catch MMA at times. Uh, I I feel like, but you know some may say the same thing about pro wrestling. Um, at, at times it's like hit or miss, and uh, some fights are incredible, some fights aren't incredibly fast, and then some fights, uh, you know, it, it winds up boiling down to two guys hugging each other on the mat for uh, what seems like an extended period of time, um, but I heard a lot of really great things uh, from Saturday's event, uh, 
Uh, you saw it, correct? Yeah, absolutely, I saw it. And right, so tell, tell um, us a little bit, of, like your your analysis on what occurred on Saturday night. Oh, sure. And after my first show, I would I'd be a fool not to watch it <laughs> because I did do a fair amount of time on it. But um, you know, I, just just a quick quick synopsis of what's going on. And the UFC they they hit they had the world on fire for you know, a three- to five-year period where they were growing and growing, and they built this incredible fan base, and they got all these pay-per-view buys, and they did all this stuff, and it, it got them into a relationship with Fox Sports, who it's probably been a good relationship for both sides. But when you look at the events they put on in the last, you know, two-year period or so, most of them have been overhyped. They haven't lived up to the hype. Um... They have very few people you would call stars. The stars they did have through injury or, you know, in the case of John Jones with all his problems, which are well documented, have taken a hit. And they really needed a huge star. And leading into this fight, you know, love him or hate him in the U.S., uh, he's a draw. And he's internationally loved Conor McGregor. I just, I just got this feeling of back in the day when, you know, and the old school MMA fans will know this. When T. Ortiz exploded onto the scene before MMA was huge, he was the draw. You know, when he fought Chuck Liddell back in the day, I mean, that was the biggest pay-per-view buys that the UFC had for a long time. And they've had other draws, and I think where they got their crossover was obviously Lesnar. Um, he added to uh, the fan base by bringing some strictly wrestling fans over to see. And I think they're going to get a little bit of that, as I don't even want to admit with CM Punk, but I, I'm sure they will. And um, there's been talks of him being on a show with McGregor, which would probably just bust records for the UFC. It wouldn't shock me if it does happen down the road. But I just felt it was a huge weekend for them because – I sat I sat in a local establishment and watched the uh, heavyweight championship fight, and I got into this on my show. Uh, it was Fabricio Verdum uh, versus Cain Velasquez, who hadn't fought in two years. He's been injured, which really derailed what could have been a star. He actually took the title from Lesnar. Um, and it was like there was people there. Half the people were watching it. There was very little reaction uh, to what was going on. And I've been at that place many, many times in years past where it was like standing room only if you got in at all. And uh, people were going bonkers for it. And my friends actually work there. And they try to get the nights off now because they're not making the same kind of money. And I really felt like the UFC just needed like a huge weekend to regain their momentum. And they didn't just get it with Conor McGregor and Chad Mendes, which was which was a good fight. It wasn't even the best fight in the card. Robbie Waller and Rory McDonald might have had the fight of the decade. It was That's the one with the guy got his toes busted, right? Yeah, he he actually broke his nose and his foot. And he and to be honest with you, if if had he not broke his nose, I thought he was gonna win the fight. It would have been razor thin because they, they beat the total hell out of each other. But uh and it wasn't just that. All all five fights on the main card, they all delivered. We saw flying knees and just stuff you haven't seen in a while. And the UFC went went above and beyond. They just they just um, 
they signed this uniform deal with Reebok, which is very controversial, but they they debuted it Saturday night. Um, they also did live walkout music. Sinead O'Connor did uh, the walkout music for uh, Conor McGregor, and Aaron Lewis did the walkout music for um, Chad Mendes. And uh, Dana White actually said had Jose Aldo fought because he backed out two weeks in, you know, two weeks before the fight. Rihanna was going to do his walkout stuff, and the UFC has been totally against that in the past. They did that. Uh, they broke their gate. They had 7.2 million in their gate. Uh, the weigh-in was was an event in itself. They had over 12,000 people. They had, the fire marshal wouldn't let them put any more people into it. It was like absolutely bonkers. And the Irish fan base is insane. <laughs> I mean, just insane. I mean, I can't. I just have nothing but good things to say about it. I think they had a huge weekend. That's awesome. Exciting stuff. Uh, thanks for for spending some time with us again. The cool down. With AC, um, just uh, tell us uh, when can we expect your next show? Uh, what's so it's uh, plans going forward? Let's let's put this show over. According to our uh, station boss, my night is Wednesday, so uh, my next show will be uh, debuting this Wednesday, uh, as uh, King Firehawk uh, tells me. So we're gonna roll with that. Um, I'm just gonna stick with my format for now, um, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, people keep listening. And in the future, I'd like to do some live stuff, um, maybe maybe a wrestling uh, MMA show split where I do an MMA show and a wrestling show. Uh, maybe not totally weekly, but uh, I'd like to do a wrestling show weekly and maybe do a, uh, you know, every other week type MMA show. I'm just going to see how it goes, man. Honestly, I'm just going to have fun with it. And, uh, you know, you guys are awesome. Like, honestly, there's there's two shows that got me into this stuff. Mike and the Mad Dog, which I grew up on, which was my absolute favorite radio show ever, and and you guys, and I'm not and I'm not just saying that because you're my friends. I totally mean it, and uh, it's just it's really cool to finally be doing it. You know, I did an audition at Connecticut School of Broadcasting like ten years ago because I loved Mike and the Mad Dog, and you know, my schedule didn't really work out with it, so I never got into radio. I you know I wish I had, but maybe this is like a second opportunity. But at the end of the day, whether I make a dime off it, I really don't care. Like you guys said earlier, one listener, 200 listeners. It's all, I appreciate everyone, and uh, I, you know, and like I said, you guys, you know, you're awesome, and thank you for everything. Well, thanks. High praise. Thanks a lot for uh, you know. I can barely uh, fit the headphones now on my head, inflating uh, <laughs> my ego a little bit. But, uh, thanks a lot. Looking forward to hearing uh, future episodes of the Cool Down and uh, exciting, cool stuff to get some uh, wrestling and MMA all in one place. Check it out on 1640 PWPR. Anthony, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next time. All right, guys. And I have one small request. You have to still allow me to be a caller on your show because I'm uh, one of your biggest fans. So no, we, we don't have to. We don't even have to plug my show. I just want to call and talk wrestling with you guys. We gotta keep it. We gotta keep it the way it was. You know. Sounds like a plan, brother. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks again. Take it easy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm just gonna talk like the Mad Dog for the rest of the show. That was pretty cool, man. Don't talk like Mike football. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was neat, man. I, you know, that's cool. Like influencing someone. I, I don't know if I've ever influenced anybody. 
Um, but that was cool. Good stuff. And I'm excited. You know, it's cool. Because even like listening to a show, like for me, Dave, you know, I, I, I like I said, I catch MMA here and there. Uh, you know, sometimes I really enjoy it. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't. But, may, you know, listening to Anthony and, and his, his passion for it and, uh, you know, it almost be like an education to, to, you know, assist me in getting into MMA further. Uh, it's, it's it, again, another very interesting business. Um, but it, I think it's kind of a cool mix to have the wrestling and the MMA. Yeah, I think it is too. I think it will, it will help, um, with, you know, some MMA fans who are thinking about listening to a wrestling podcast or who have some, um, enthusiasm about watching wrestling and then maybe they want to, you know, get into watching wrestling and then eventually get into listening to wrestling podcasts. I think that's pretty cool that, you know, hopefully, you know, depending on, you know, how he structures and formats his show, um, like he discussed here earlier, that down the line we will get a crossover with some MMA fans that want to listen to not only his show, but everybody else. So everybody wins at 1640. Such a love fest. Good stuff. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones. Uh, so many things to talk about, and we got to get you set for Monday Night Raw. So, whatever you want to talk about, we will discuss. Just make sure you bring it, and we're going to go out to the phones. We got Rocky is on the line. Rocky, how you doing this evening? How you doing, Ken? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Uh, well, just a couple of points to uh, to hit upon after. Uh, Scrolling through WWE.com, uh, and uh, first point, and I'm glad they pointed it out. And uh, I, I know the internet wrestling community, it, you know, is probably up in arms about it. But and I think it's a very true statement. Ever since the Open U.S. Title Challenge, John Cena's consistently had Match of the Night on Raw. Ever since. And I just thought it was funny when this uh, when this statement was brought to the internet wrestling community that if you if you read through the threads, you know everybody jumps on that. Oh well, it was the other guy, bandwagon. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, you're going to get that no matter what. But uh, you know, I think it's I think it speaks to Cena. And another thing that I like that I like seeing born out of that is the big push for Cesaro. Uh, you know, they, I remember when Cesaro debuted. He came out. He came out the gate strong, and then they, you know, he kind of fell by the wayside. I didn't know really, really what to do with him. And I like to see that that momentum building behind him because up to this point, Battleground really has, you know, it hasn't been pushed that much. I feel there's not too much of a build for it. So I'm really hoping with uh, with Raw today, they they do their best to to push forward to the pay per view. What do you think? It's a good point, you know, and I think we've seen a lot of stuff, uh, you know, especially this year where we, we, I think we've talked a lot on the show about mediocre builds, but then the pay-per-views delivering. So, um, you know, if we wind up getting uh, that again, so be it. Um, it. It's kind of a weird thing, and, and you know, Dave and I, I mean, we've been, especially Dave, has been on the, the Cesaro bandwagon uh, from the very beginning. Uh, Love is a great worker, uh, you know, I, just as, as there's not a positive you can say about Cesaro. Um, I think what you run into now is, is the landscape is crowded. And I totally agree uh, that it, it's time to push them. The guy's got all the talent in the world, and it does seem like at times they don't know what the hell to do with them. Um, but I think you wind up with the problem of, all right, then where do you push them? Like, where, where is the, the spot you want to put them? Do you want to 
You know, are you going to start him with a, uh, you know, with just someone and just start a, a, a program, a, a, you know, or just a rivalry between someone else? Are you going to have him go after the U.S. title? Does he switch gears and go after Ryback's IC title and we pull, you know, Miz and Big Show kind of away from that a little bit? Uh, you know, it, it's just kind of one of those things that they get put into the WWE title picture. So it's a crowded landscape right now, especially with a guy like Lesnar back. You know, each title has a picture surrounding it. Um, so I'm in total agreement that it's time at some point a guy who can give you a five-star match, um, but it, it, like if you push him, where exactly do you push him? To your initial point, yeah, I mean, you, you got people got to stop with the, you know, it's the other guy argument. I mean, John Cena is putting in quality performances week in and week out. He's a guy that is, uh, you know, improving on his craft. Uh, are there moments and spots in the matches that are kind of rough where you kind of go, Eeeh. absolutely, it happens. But as far as the storytelling aspect of what he's doing with the open challenge and putting on, you know, essentially five-star matches week in and week out, um, you know, you, it, it's, a, it's a two-person dance, man. You know, there's no one on the planet that can have a five-star match uh, with a broomstick, except maybe Ric Flair. So I mean, the the other guy, the other guy has to be doing something right. So you, you can't go and, and just look at the other guy. John Cena's putting in quality performances week in and week out. And uh, Dave, I'm cur- curious your thoughts. On, actually, on both these things, on the Cesaro push as well as uh, John Cena in the past, uh, you know, few weeks. Cesaro push. I think you already know my answer to that. That should have happened a long time ago. Um, especially after the momentum he had out of last year's WrestleMania when he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I was uh, I, I, I liked the pairing with Paul Heyman, but it, it, and I thought it was going well, but for whatever reason, they decided to pull the plug on that, and that's when it just all went downhill from there. And then, you know, he got back up on the horse again with Tyson Kidd, and I, I wasn't a fan of it at first, but it really grew on me, and I, I really enjoyed them tagging together, and I was kind of disappointed when Sid got hurt. Um, but he definitely, I mean, if, if the crowd's chant his name and they're reacting to his moveset and what he does in the ring and his entrance and whatever, then he's over. Like, I, I didn't believe that whole brass ring comment that McMahon made about a lot of those guys, and maybe he just did that to fire up half the roster. Who knows? But Cesaro's been, Cesaro's been parking, you know, Primo real estate on that brass ring before Vince McMahon even made that comment. And in terms of Cena, like I said, I said this and I agree with you, Rocky. Consistently the best match of the night since he won the title at WrestleMania. Easily. I mean, he's helped, you know, get guys like Neville over. Um, I mean, he had a great match with Stardust. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. The stuff with Kevin Owens has been great. I mean, I'm really hoping that all the hard work he's done with all these guys and making that title relevant again is going to lead to whoever beats him for that title, it, that person becomes a big deal. And it, I think that's what they're kind of leading towards with Kevin Owens. I hope that's what they're doing with him. But, um, yeah, it's, I couldn't agree more. Cena's been the highlight of Raw since WrestleMania, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, and I and I agree that 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 next U.S. Uh, U.S. title holder, he's got some pretty big shoes to fill. And uh, on to my second point, uh, another uh, rumor floating around the internet mill is this ongoing storyline with Paige. Uh, somewhere, uh, I, it may it may have been the Bleacher Report. I can't remember at this time 
there was the rumor that in order to to stop the Bella Army, they're going to bring up uh, Charlotte and, and Sasha Banks. And while I feel that absolutely, you know, two of the, the two of the uh, self-appointed horsewomen of wrestling, you know, coming out of NXT and putting on quality quality matches, it is absolutely uh, great to bring them up. My fear is, and why I think this will not happen, though, because once you bring those two up, and once you look at the quality of their work compared to the quality of the work of the current Diva roster, it's really going to make a lot of people look bad. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think that they'd go that way for that reason, uh, but it's kind of, it's kind of. It's kind of sad because you do have such quality women's wrestling going on in the NXT in the NXT division, and they 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 try to do the 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 pinup and turning to a wrestler that they did with Trish Stratus, and you know again once in a lifetime shot. I, I'm I'm almost a little bit hopeful about what they're doing with Eva Marie tra- uh, training with Brian Kendrick. I'm curious to see what she brings to the table when the time comes for her to come back into the ring. Not that hopeful, but I'm curious. But uh, what do you think, Ken? Um, well, it, it's funny, man. Yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, what the training with Brian Kendrick brings. Because, uh, I, I I, mean, she was god-awful. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I am really curious to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the bad the, I should say the bad thing, but the one thing that I think the WWE has to be aware of right now and you're right, the pin-up model thing, it, it just doesn't work. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, not to be crass, but, uh, you know, to me as a wrestling fan, look, man, I'm a guy, I'm a red-blooded American, you know, heterosexual. Um, you know, there's there's still some of us left. And, uh, you know, and, and I, yeah, I like eye candy just as much as the next guy, you know. But uh, as a wrestling fan, as with anything, you know, it, it's cool to see eye candy. But you know what, if you're not going home with me, Put on a good match, you know. I, I you know, eye candy only goes so far for me, and uh, you know, I do think that the problem which you, you have now with these females down in NXT that they are so good that the minute you bring them up to the main roster, uh, they change the game. They change the game immediately, and they they change the way you look at at, at female wrestling. It, it changes every. It changes the way you look at divas. And uh, the bottom line is, if, if they come up, they have to stay up. But it does; it will, it will really shine a spotlight on the inadequacies of the other divas in the WWE. And I don't know what direction uh, they'll wind up having to go in. But those two, uh, as well as others down in NXT, are, they're game changers once they come up to the, the, the main roster. Um, so you know, it depends on philosophically. You know, we talked about a little bit. Yeah, a little bit about this last week, and Dave, you know, you brought up the point that, you know, there there are people behind the scenes that they, they want that eye candy. Yeah, um, Kevin Dunn's a big proponent for these girls having uh, a lack of in-ring talent and more of, you know, being eye candy, and um, I think that it's starting to slowly go to the wayside. Um, Rocky, your rumors. They are indeed true. There have been pictures that have been posted on social media of Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch from NXT all arriving to the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia for tonight's Raw. 
Um, there's a good chance that they will, all three of them will appear on camera. Here's the negative about that. Okay? You, you talked about the negative of them coming up to the main roster and showing up some of the main roster girls when they get in the ring. Well, that all depends if WWE gives them the opportunity to do that, first and foremost. Secondly, what happens to the girls down in NXT? If you bring all these girls up to the main roster, what happens to the, the NXT girls that were and have been a part of something so good for women's wrestling? I mean, it will seem like that the NXT girls roster will be depleted um, if you if you drag all three of them up here. Um, and as far as the main roster girls go, um, I've said it before, all those girls, they pretend, they look like they're pretending to wrestle the girls. They're pretending to fight. The girls down in NXT, they look like they're wrestling. And as far as Eva Marie goes, I think when she eventually comes on the scene, she'll be a heat magnet. Just by the way that her character is being portrayed on Total Divas for not getting as much training and then getting this special treatment and this special training, I don't think her in-ring skills are going to change from night to day, but I think her character will be intriguing enough where it will get people to cheer for the real woman wrestler to get their hands on her and just want to beat the tar out of her because she's not dedicated and in love with the wrestling business. I think she'll be a good character, but I don't think her wrestling skills are going to drastically change overnight once she makes it to the main roster. And this is something they should have done with her from the beginning. That was their own mistake. They brought her on TV with no experience whatsoever. She didn't know what a turnbuckle was, and they put her on TV and tried to make her do a big deal, and that's their fault, and now they're paying the price for it. But at the same time, that could be something good for her character moving forward once she finally has some regular time on television. Rocky, good stuff as always. Thanks a lot for the phone call, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. All right, thanks, guys. Look forward to Raw. Take it easy, brother. Good stuff from Rocky. And just uh, before we're gonna we're gonna stick with the phones because the phone lines are jam packed tonight. Um, but uh, I I got goosebumps and just uh, a couple minutes ago I posted this on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com/slash the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, tweeted about an hour ago uh, from Stardust. Quote: Finish what you start, kid. The American Dream, Dusty Roads. Hashtag Raw. And it's a picture of Stardust uh, looking at a pair of his father's cowboy boots. And uh, it's a very poignant shot. Stardust, a.k.a. Cody Rhodes, supposed to be at Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, Do we see a character change? Who knows? But, uh, Dave, when you look at this picture, man, um, whatever happens tonight with Cody, I think we're in store for a, a, a very special moment tonight. Yeah, I thought the picture was, you know, it was, excuse my language, cool as shit. I really did. I thought it was. Um, and I think what we'll see, you know, Cody's from the Atlanta area. Um, he lives out there from what I hear. And uh, I think, you know, tonight, I think we will see something special. I think that they will start to take, whether he's Stardust or whether he's Cody Rhodes, very seriously um, moving forward. You know, I had my fantasy booking cap on this weekend when I was talking wrestling with my brother. And it would not shock me either if, um, you know, eventually he does come out of this Stardust character and reform as Cody Rhodes. It wouldn't shock me if, if, they, if WWE finally gives in and we really have that Gold Dust Cody Rhodes WrestleMania match that the two of them have been petitioning for for the last four years. That they, that was 
even talked about for this year's WrestleMania. Wouldn't surprise me if they happen next year in Texas, the Dream's home state. Just a little uh, fantasy booking foreshadowing from uh, the inventor, the creator of the Day 550 News Report. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's, it's funny when you get, and like, getting back to like what we were saying about Cesaro, you know, that's the thing that, that becomes intriguing and tough. And, and, you know, as a fan, you know, you love them. We do it, too. We sit here, push Cesaro. Push, but, like, you start to read some of the stuff. It's like, God, they need to push Cesaro. They need to push Cody Rhodes. They, they need to push Ambrose Father. They need to, like, there's, there's only so many spots. And there's a lot of, you know, the, the, the roster's pretty talented right now. Um, and, and unfortunately, when that happens, some people wind up falling through the cracks. Um, I agree with you, man. Like, you know, and it might be, you know, again, a guy like Cesaro, what he's doing, how the fans reacting, and now what may or may not happen tonight with Stardust, uh, whether we get a character change or not, you know, might wind up pushing the hand of creative that they just have to push some of these guys and, and put them, if not in the main event, close to the main event status. But, uh, Again, all that aside, you know, that's the uh, fantasy booking and, and the, the uh, you know, the wrestling creative side of things uh, and, and the real life side of things. You know, a, a, a son is, is paying tribute to his deceased father in the picture on Twitter, and uh, he's going to go out there tonight in front of a live crowd, and uh, they were going to see something special tonight. So a very cool picture, and, uh, you know, again, we, we, we talked about Dusty, condolences to the Rhodes family. Um, but this is uh it's just great to see that he's gonna be out there tonight and let's see what he brings to the table. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, that is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. And uh we got Tony who's been on hold for a while. Tony, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing all right. Man, I've been on hold for a while here. Uh hey, we got we still got more guys. The, the phone lines, like I said, they're jam packed tonight. So uh what do you got for us? Bring it. Well, yeah, I do I so the end of Raw last week I thought was really good. Cena, Cesaro, I thought that they had a great match, and it was, was better. It was like <laughs> it, that ended that end, ended Monday Night Raw. You know, it's like it ended the show. You know, it's like they, you know they go to eleven fifteen all the time, or a lot of times they go to eleven fifteen. It's usually with like a with some kind of promo or some ongoing segment. But this like this time, what I liked about it, it was like they had the match go and went for a half hour. It went like you know into the overrun or you know so, and it, it, you know, I, I actually liked that the show actually went in overtime you know went went over in the overrun with with with, with a match instead of instead of the, uh, the usually you know promo stuff we usually get and then Cena yeah I mean yeah, I I totally agree you know I mean it's the, the guy really busts ass in the ring in the ring you know it's like the real you know the guy really the guy really does make uh, you know he really does make a great effort in there, you know. I mean, you know, it's, he and you know he's had great matches with Cesaro, like you said. You know, it's like the match with Cesaro last Monday. His matches with Kevin Owens have been have been outstanding. You know, I guess I he, he, yeah, yeah. Ever since winning, you know, I got I got along with it. Ever since winning the U.S. title, this whole Open Challenge thing has has been kind of interesting, you know, because it's always like, okay, yeah, who's who's going to come out and you know who's going to come out and accept it, you know, who's going to come out and wrestle on that um, whatever it was, you know, at any night, but. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I know it's like, you know, it's, it's really, you know, it's like the whole, you know, like, I guess it, it, it's no longer really the cool thing that was sticking with that to, to be uh, to be uh, anti-Cena. You know, it's like it might have been, I, I, it's like, it's, I don't know if it's like a really, it's like a thing that was uh, the fans, fans stuck with back in like 2006 or seven or whatever, you know, and it's just like, you know, the, the 
you know, but but it's uh, you know, it's like some of them some of them are still uh, are still that way. But it's uh, you know, like I say, I mean, you know, like the guy's really shown that he's not you know, it's like you know, it's like the, the guy is the guy is really you know a lot better than a lot of fans used to say used to say is you know. And, um, and it's interesting, though, man. I mean, you bring up a really good point with him, and you know, uh, an excellent point. You know, I didn't really think of it, but really good point with uh, you know the fact that they extended Raw for wrestling. There was wrestling going on, and that's why Raw was extended. Um, and and a great match. You know, I mean, the one thing with John Cena, look, you know, again, I, I never really hated on him. I I could see some of the criticism, but I think what's um. What I think I admire about John Cena right now, what we're seeing is a, is a guy that uh, takes his craft very seriously and respects the business and, and respects what, what he does, respects the industry. And, you know, I, I, I think it's like, like he's gotten better. I mean, he's a guy who has gone, you know, gone forward and, and he's improved, which is amazing at his age, as he's getting older He's actually becoming a, a better wrestler, and and he's putting on these matches and he's putting over this this title, um, and and it's just and then after Raw, I don't know if you saw the footage, but he goes out there and he's you know brings Cesaro back into the ring and, and basically says this is the guy you need to push now. Um, just incredible stuff out of John Cena, whether it's it's the uh, the matches in and of themselves or the storytelling that he's bringing to the table. He's he's really knocking it out of the park. Uh, week in and week out, and it's something, uh, you know, like you said, I, I think, Tony, you, you know, it's the nail on the head, man. It's uh, It became the trendy thing to say John Cena sucks, and some people just want to stick with it, but uh, the guy's the guy's been putting on some, some pretty stellar stuff uh, since winning this U.S. title uh, at, at WrestleMania this year. Um, good stuff, Tony. Anything else you want, you want to talk about as far as that? What are you enjoying right now on Monday Night Raw? May, uh, you know, mainly it's been, you know, like the, the Cena-Kevin Owens uh, storyline. You know, I think the stuff with, the, with those two have been really good. Like I said, the match with Cena-Cesaro uh, that ended last week was, um, was you know, was, that was, like I said, it was amazing. Um, you, know, it, you know, it's like, uh, I'm not really too crazy about the angle, but, you know, it's like when Rusev did the, you know, you know uh, laid out the uh, Dolph, you know, in the throat with the crutch, it was like, oh, my God, they, you know, it's like they're... they're I mean, my immediate thought was, oh, they're doing the they're doing the uh, Steamboat Savage uh, story from, from uh, WrestleMania three here, and it's like it's, it's from what is, <laughs> and, and, and it's, it, I think it's kind of what they're doing because I read that he's he's actually going to be off for a while, you know, just to sell the injury. I read that he's uh, he's not backstage at tonight's show. He's going to be you know taking a little bit of time off to sell the injury. Uh, so I don't you know, like I said, I don't know how long he's going to be off TV, uh, <laughs> you know. But I don't know, you know. I mean, I mean, I kind of, you know, I kind of hope they turn it into more, you know, like into more of, you know, it's like just, just like a personal like grudge between the two of them because now it's like he crushes larynx or whatever, you know, it's like make it, make it more about, you know, it's like okay, Rusev have injured him and now he's coming back, now he's coming for him because when it was about, you know, like I don't know because this whole, the whole storyline with Lana, you know, I mean, it, I mean, it, 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 Lana and Summer Rae, I don't know, it, it just felt weird, you know, so it's just, it's just, you know, it's like, you know, just make it, a, just make it, a, you know, just make it an old school, you know, like, you know, grudge for you. The ladies, the ladies thing definitely got weird, man. And it's funny that you brought that up because immediately, I, I remember like back when they had uh, they had footage of Steamboat uh, going to a, a speech therapist to learn how to how to speak again and getting 
really frustrated because he couldn't form words and banging on the table and everything. And it's like, it's great stuff. And I immediately when that happened last week, I was like, oh, Ziggler's going to have to go to a speech therapist. This is going to be awesome. But, uh, yeah, it, it's weird. You're right. Like, just throw it old school. Just have, like, two guys that, that hate each other right now. It, kind of a grudge match kind of thing. Um, but it was cool. And, and, and obviously, Dave, like, I'm curious your thoughts on this storyline. But uh, I'm glad at least at this point that Rusev is back. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he's, you know, now he's able to defend himself. You know, I, I did not really care for the whole, like, you know, begging Lana to come back and, the, the you know, crying every week. Like, you know, like, to me, like, they, they took so long to build him up to be this killing machine, and then he loses his chick, and all of a sudden, like, he's crying like a big baby. That's like when Big Show used to cry, like, every week. Like, it was, a, you know... If it happens once, okay, it has some impact. But then when it happens every week, it was like, just became redundant, and I just didn't really care for it. I was not a big proponent from him splitting up with Lana to begin with in the first place. I think she was a great part of his his presentation and his act and really helped him. I don't get the whole Summer Rae thing. I'm just not really into this whole thing. If it was just him and Ziggler, that's great. But you, you incorporate the girls, and I, I really don't know where they're going with it. Um, I mean, part of me thinks that they're they're they took Ziggler off TV because he's still not resigned yet. So they want to figure out what they're going to do with him first before they get him more invested into this storyline. So it wouldn't shock me if uh, you know he comes back, you know, within the next week. Hell, even ten. It, it doesn't surprise me if he did, if he came back tonight. I mean, you know, I go back to the old. Uh, you know, the NWO ran over the rock and he, in an ambulance with a semi-truck and he came back the next week with a Band-Aid on. So nothing would surprise <laughs> me if, if, if Dolph Ziggler came back, you know, and he was he was speaking fine and breathing fire out of his throat. So um, I'm not really a big fan of the girls being added to this. It just it just seems too forced for me. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it's working. I will say though, I am I am a fan of you know now that Rusev is wearing boots. I think it's just a little touch to add to his, uh, you know, presentation, you know, that, you know, he's, you know, this big Bulgarian brute of a guy. I like the fact that they had him wear boots. And of course, the safety precaution, too, considering he broke his ankle because he wrestled barefoot. So, Good stuff. Anthony, as always, thank you so much for the phone call. Good stuff. Good points, uh, especially with the, the Cena-Cesaro uh, matchup. Before talking next week, take it easy, brother. All right. Thanks a lot. Later. Bye. Good stuff. Let's we we got it. the phone lines. Gonna try to get to all of you. Uh, we got Mister Trivia on the line. Trivia, how you doing this evening? Hey guys, how you doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Well, first of all, I want to welcome uh, AC to the sixteen forty PWPR podcast family. Looking forward to listening to his show. And um, Ken, Dave, I had mentioned something to you, Ken. I had written down on. Uh, the comment section on Facebook that, uh, you know, it doesn't go out really all that much, but I just want to say thank you to you and Dave, because, uh, I believe that if it wasn't for you guys and King Firehawk, that, um, there would be no Pete, there would be no top rope report on 1640. I try to emulate, you know, a lot of things from your show into my show. You know, Dave does the, the, the greatest, part of the show i believe which is the day five report i love listening to it every week and uh you know we got a little top 10 thing going on there but uh 
you know, I just want to say you guys are, are great. Keep up the work. Great work. I'm glad to be part of the Ken Reedy family. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to give you guys a, a big thank you for that. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, you're too kind. And uh, one other thing I just found out, um, you know, like um, Rocky had said, I had read that um, Sasha Banks and Charlotte may appear on Raw tonight, which uh, which would be pretty interesting. I mean, the last time I saw Sasha Banks was on an independent show called Wrestle Jam in Wallingford, Connecticut, where she wrestled under the name of Mercedes KV. And, uh, you know, she was quite talented back then, so I can only imagine how much... Uh, her skills are improved. I don't get a chance to watch NXT all that much. But uh, looking forward to seeing if the two of them show up on uh, Monday Night Raw tonight, you know, how that's going to make a big impact on the on the Divas division. Because, you know, every so often you just see the same matches in the Divas division a lot. And, you know, it would be nice to get some uh, some new blood in there. I agree, man. I think, Dave, you know, you brought up the point, though, that, uh, you know, it's I, I'd love to see them, want to see them on the main roster. However, um, you know, do they allow them to do what they do best uh, and get in there and, and put on a wrestling clinic? And that's, that's the million-dollar question. But, uh, you know, again, that main roster is getting jam-packed and pretty crowded. Uh, I'm excited, but I just hope that they use them the right way. Got anything else for us, Mr. Trivia? Um, yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, I don't know if you've been listening to the show recently on Sundays, but uh, the Top Rope Report has just uh, purchased their own domain name now, so we own the rights to topropewrestling.com. The website will be up and running in a couple of weeks, so you might want to check that out. And uh, you know, Don't forget to listen to all the great shows on 1640 PWPR, you know, the Ken Reedy Show, King Firehawk, Top Rope Report, Bleeding for Truth, New Surge, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's great to be a part of it, and I just want to, you know, like I said, once again, say thank you to you guys, keep up the good work, and uh, hopefully next next year when I go to FanFest, next year in uh, Rhode Island again, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will be out there, you know, I'd like to send the invite out to you guys and uh, maybe we can join up and uh, do a little podcast reporting from uh, the Fan Fest next year. That could be cool. Sounds like a plan. Let's, uh, we'll get on. King Firehawk needs to organize it. He's, he's the organizer. But no, <laughs> yeah, we'll I know. <laughs> he's, just, he's, the, he's the most organized out of all of us. Uh, that's why he's in charge of putting it all together. Thanks a lot yeah, that, uh, that's for, for, sure. for the kind words, Mr. Trivia. Good luck with the show and the, the website and everything. And uh, Talk to you real soon. All right, take care. Take it easy, brother. Dude, I don't know about you, Dave. It's going to be hard to, like, fit my head out the door after the show's over. You know, It's a love fest tonight. With all the love tonight from AC and Mr. Trivia, we should have Trojan sponsor us and we can start handing out condoms (laughs) at the next next wrestling convention. Holy cow. No, but it really, honestly, Trojan needs yeah, we need to get on that. But no, honestly, thank you very much, Mr. Trivia, for all the kind words. And I'm glad that um, you know we've inspired you to uh, podcast and be a part of this uh, th- this family. So thank you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the the number two call. The, the, the lines were just. I mean, you guys have been awesome tonight. I mean, thanks for the calls and and 
guys really brought it. We're like about six minutes left in the show, and we got the one and only. Get ready for it. Mike Ferrara on the line. Mike, how you doing this evening? Bring it, brother. Hey, guys, it's Mike and the Mad Dog on WFAN. Yeah, I love Mike and the Mad Dog. Uh, you know what I love? I love Ken and Dave Appreciation Night. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up. <laughs> give a big hand for Ken and Dave Appreciation Night. I love it. Mr. Trivia, he's the, be- he's the best. Anthony's the best. You guys have some great calls tonight. I was listening to everything, you know, just taking it all in. And I got to say, you guys are talking about who should get a push. You know who the next guy is? The, you guys know who I think should get the next push? Who? Who? JBL. I think they should push him off the announce table. I think he's horrible. <laughs> I think they should get rid of him. I think he stinks. I think somebody should wave a skunk in front of him. So I, I, I think they should get get rid of uh, JBL. I had a, yeah, sorry. That's the funniest but thing no, sir, ever. I'm kind of curious, uh, Mike, with uh, you know what we were talking about before and, and John Cena, you know, again, like, I mean, Tony brought up a good point that it, it's just trendy to hate on Cena. I mean, last week's match was incredible. They extend Raw for wrestling. Uh, you know, what do you think of, like, two things. I mean, what do you think about what John Cena's doing? And uh, are you ready? Is it time? Do we Do we need to see that Cesaro push? Yeah, you know, Cesaro, yeah, Cesaro does deserve a push. I mean, obviously now I feel bad because, you know, with everything that happened to Tyson, you know, kid again with the injury bug, and who knows when and if he'll ever wrestle again. I feel so bad for him. You know, I'm a big Tyson kid fan. I hope he gets better. But um, I just hope that Cesaro shows me something. I mean, his, his talking skill, he's got to get a little better at that. Um, but wrestling-wise, the guy is great. I think he just needs to to do more promo stuff. And uh, you know, like like he didn't really, no, he didn't really have me believing. You know, when he when he went out there to talk to Owens, that he was gonna, you know, say what he was gonna say to Owens. It just and then Owens took the powder and he why well, he he left. It just didn't have me convinced. But as far as Cena. you know, you go. We can go back to we can go back to two thousand and four. And even five, when Cena was on fire, and they still were chanting Cena sucks. So to me, you know what? The same people that said Cena sucks, the same people that said Hogan sucks, the same people that said Stone Cold Steve Austin sucks, the same people that said The Rock sucks. The same, you know, it, it goes on and on and on. So what I think, you know, what I think is this weekend I was at Back to the Beach. They do it in Staten Island, and it's a great organization. And I was there, and I had. My tag team partner with me, my new tag team partner, my little A, I call him Little H. I had Little H with me, and we were walking around. We both had our Royal Rumble shirts on, and we both had our John Cena with the neons, and people were giving us the You Can't See Me. Matter of fact, the bandstand, the people that were playing in the bands were saying, You Can't See Me. So they were fired up for John Cena. So, you know, that's what I think about, about Cena and Cesaro. Not that, you know, and I think you bring up a really good point. If there's any hole in Cesaro's game, uh, it would be on the mic. Uh, you know, he's you know, he's, he's not awful, but it's definitely not his strength. And you're right. That that's where you know he's got to up his game a little bit. That's why he's got where he's got to uh, improve a bit. And and like Dave, you know, you had stated earlier. I mean, you would have thought that a guy like 
uh, Paul Heyman would have been like exactly uh, what Cesaro would need. You'd get an entertaining mouthpiece, and then, you know, Cesaro get the work done in the ring, and you got someone talking for you. It just didn't seem to gel. So it remains to be seen whether Cesaro can up his game a bit on the microphone and, and get himself uh, in a good place uh, to, to get a really substantial push. Uh, good point, Mike. And uh, yeah. sorry, we're... we're uh, you got one more point, but we're we're running. Yeah, well, what, that, speaking of know. speaking of pushing, what do you guys think about Patrick Clark? Tough enough. I think this kid, he's the only guy. It, it's funny. He's the only guy that every wrestler there or wannabe wrestler in this contest that actually watched the 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 show from Japan, The Beast from the East. I mean, this kid to me, he looks like a winner. What do you guys think about that? It's a good point, man. to find out. But he's like, you know, honestly, he's the guy, like, we talk a lot of the negativity about Tough Enough. I, I kind of like him. I, I think he's he's uh, he's got some talent, and uh, we'll see what happens. Mike, we're going to have to let you go. We're right up against it. Thanks a lot for the phone call, and we will talk to you next week. You got it, and let's get to Battleground. I'm ready to do some battle. Let's go. Take it easy, it brother, and there you, you have it. Guys, we are like, geez, we are right up at, at the end of it. Uh, those of you that we weren't able to get to that are still on hold, apologies. Give us a call early. Get on the horn early. I go in order of, of the calls. So, uh, apologies, but you guys, your callers, you were awesome tonight. It slowly became like an appreciation night for us. We were put over tonight, Dave. Uh, great show, and we're getting set for Monday Night Raw. Remember, we'll be on on Sunday to get you set for Battleground. Fun night tonight, Dave. Yes, had a blast. Thank you, everybody. So remember, this Sunday night, 6 to 8 o'clock, we'll be on the air to get you all set for Battleground pregame show for that. Get on the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. As Raw begins, we'll have a Raw thread going during the show. Get on there, get your opinions. Uh, we converse, we, we watch Raw together. So it's a good time over there on the thread. Uh, again, check out 1640 WTR on iTunes. Subscribe for free. Thank you, everyone, so much. Your calls are awesome. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. <laughs>